1: Hey, BTB buddies, I wanted to let you know of a cool podcasting event I'm part of next week. The IndiePods United Virtual Summit is happening November 29th through December 3rd. Indie Pods will bring you podcasts being streamed live from more genres than you can shake a stick at. They got a ton of podcasts every day. They've also got some great music and comedy talent lined up, including me, Scott. Check out IndiePodsUnited.com. For more information and tickets, check the schedule on Thursday to see when I'm doing my stand-up set and for the live stream of Behind the Bits that's going to feature Joel Byers. Thanks again for listening to the podcast, and here comes Jonesy. Today, I've got an actor-comedian known for his roles on Gotham, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, and The Letterman Show. He's performed comedy on both coasts, and his stand-up comedy style is a blend of autobiographical stories and 21st century cultural critiques delivered with his East Coast attitude. He's participated in the New York Comedy Festival, Boston Comedy Festival, and Laugh Riots. He's also the host of a really cool podcast called Weird AF News, and if you know my humor, AF means always and forever, haha. Ha. But uh, yeah, he's uh, that podcast is really cool, really neat, uh, and I'm sure we'll talk about that, just uh, a quick podcast on the weird news that's going on, and we know what's going on. So we're bringing out Jonesy. How you doing, Jonesy? Hey Scott! Congratulations on you winning the award for uh, best interview style podcast. I mean, Th- thank you. I found out about a half hour before we started here, so I wanted to put it out there. <laughs> that's tremendous. Uh, it's a lot of pressure on me now. I didn't realize I was
0: being interviewed by such a damn professional. Yeah, uh, I'm very very nervous now. Okay, I, I okay.
1: hope I do a good job here. Uh, I'm gonna follow your lead. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, my lead is is you do most of the talking, so as long as that happens, we're good. <laughs>
0: fabulous all yeah. right I'm so, to talking is something i'm good at so let's do it let's start out where are you from
1: jonesy oh i'm from massachusetts i'm a mass hole okay as say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> i was i was in this I, I used to be a heavy cigar smoker and i was in this group and they had a whole uh subgroup called the massholes. it was all boston people yeah oh, fa- they must have been hilarious because yeah. we're, f- we're very funny people yeah <laughs> so when did you start doing stand-up I started around uh,
0: 2004, uh, okay. when the Red Sox won the World Series that year. Okay. Never forget it. Uh, yeah, and uh, I tried it because my roommate in college was trying it. He was doing it. And I accompanied him to a comedy open mic. And it was terrible. And everybody was horrible. <laughs> Even my roommate was just bad and <laughs> I was like, man, if these fools can do this, I, I could, I I have confidence that I could try this. And, uh, I had kind of helped him with his material anyways. So, Uh so, um, I, although the material wasn't very good, I just, I, I sort of got it. I was like, oh, okay, this is what you do. All right. And then I said, well, why don't I just try it on my own? And, uh, rather than living vicariously through him, um, I had already been comfortable on stage. I had been singing in bands for a few years. Oh, uh, I, I, I sort of knew my way around the stage and a microphone wasn't, wasn't uh, something that made me nervous. So I thought, ah, you know, let me give this a go. Uh, turns out it's a lot scarier than singing in a band Yeah, you know, <laughs> at least for me. Yeah. You know, you're just all, you're all alone up there without a net, you know, <laughs> in a band, if the song goes wrong, you know, this the, the responsibility is diffused between four or five people. Yeah, you know? when when the shit goes wrong on in standup, it's just it's all you, man. The mm-hmm. materials you, the deliveries you, the performance is you. It's all on you.
1: Yeah, no doubt. So that first time obviously was a little bit nerve wracking. Do you feel like uh, it kind of started a started a, a a fire in you to keep doing it though?
0: Yeah, it sure did because it was difficult, and uh, I was kind of like, I I like the challenge. I I thought to myself, "Hey, uh, I want to see if I can figure this out." You know, I I, I'm pretty sure I'm funny. I've been told I've been funny my whole life. Of course, that doesn't always translate to stand up. You know, as we all know, Um, it takes something else as well. But uh, I was pretty determined to make it work. I just, I just, I wouldn't. I'm like, I'm not going to stop until I can get some laughs at least. You know, let me figure this out. and then I got kind of addicted to it, as we often do. Those of us who have been doing it for ten years or more, it's it's quite addicting.
1: Mm-hmm. So thinking about uh, being where you're from and all the influences you had to work from, uh, who were your biggest influences in getting started, and maybe even your style?
0: Well, getting started, my influences were Chris Rock and Dave Chappelle. Uh, the the one Dave Chappelle's special that we all, we were all obsessed with. My friends and I was killing him softly. Mm -hmm. We all could repeat that entire album verbatim. Um, we were obsessed with it really. And that, that was something that was an inspiration to me for sure. Mm -hmm. I also liked, you know, I found like an old Bill Cosby DVD. I mean, I know it's not cool to say that now, but, uh, like Bill Cosby himself, you know, my stepdad had the DVD and I, I just, I, I watched that too. That is a tremendous special and it's, you know, it's storytelling style and it's, it's clean. It's really something. It's a really great piece yeah. that Bill Cosby himself, I, I recommend it to anybody listening now. I mean, go back and watch that. It's not the, the, the whole Novocaine anybody. thing.
1: Uh, yeah. That, that I mean, the
0: scene is tremendous. The children coming down, chocolate yeah. cake, the breakfast. I mean, there's that, that is such a tremendous, unforgettable special. You know, you, your listeners should definitely give it a chance. Don't tell anybody you're watching it. Of yeah. course, you want to lock yourself, <laughs> you want to lock yourself in a closet. No watch that. party. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's no watch party for that. You don't want to tweet out that you're that you're doing that. Uh, those are my early influences and then uh, or, or at least my motivators and then I sort of gravitated to the style of guys like uh, I like Bill Burr uh, and I like Tom Segura and uh, Louis C.K. and Doug Stanhope. I kind of liked I like the because it's totally Boston. It's the it's the guy with the grievance. Yeah, you know. I mean, like that's what I know. And 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 in Boston, we're just like, we're just complainers. We just mm-hmm. sit around and drink coffee and complain, or drink beer and come We're just a bunch of complainers, <laughs> but we complain in a hilarious way. Uh, and if you ever listen to a, a Burr special, you know it's grievance after grievance after grievance. Yeah, in a funny way, mm-hmm. and um, I, I really that to me that was like oh that's me that's what i do mm-hmm. that's that's what i do with my friends yeah that's how i my whole life that's that's what i've been doing you know expressing my grievances in in funny ways right. and uh, that's the kind of style that i like that i sort of was like oh, the, yeah that's kind of like me yeah yeah So those people were my, once I got going, I was, I I really like looked at them like, oh man, yeah, that's, those are the people who I sort of aspire to be. Louis C.K., it's, you know, it's embarrassing to say that you're aspired to be him after what had gone down. (laughs) But as I always say, I aspire to have Louis' career if he didn't have any hands. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. If he had no hands, uh, (laughs) that would be, that would be what I would like.
1: (laughs) That (laughs) would have helped him. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, thinking about, um, comedy albums and comedy specials, what would you say are your top three?
0: Well, I really like killing them softly. Uh, I like, I like so many of the Burr ones and their names escape me, uh, I can't remember the names of the book, but there's like three Bill Burr, tremendous specials that I really love. Not the last one, but even like probably the four before that. I'm like, you can't go wrong with those. And I like, I really like all of the Louis I especially like the one he's in a suit. I can't remember what that one's called, but I really love that one. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I also like the Stanhope one where he's uh, the, what's the one? It's the, he's wearing the the baseball jersey. Um, Yeah. These
1: names all escape me. That's the one where he's talking about his mom a lot.
0: Yeah, and I, I liked uh, Tom Segura's, not the last one when he has a bag of dodgeballs on his back, the yeah. one before that, yeah. I really, really dig that one quite yeah. a bit. I'm sorry, these names escape me. That's all right.
1: That's all right. I wanted to talk to you about the Weird AF News. Um, oh, yeah, so yeah, I've, sure. I've been listening to that quite a bit, and really? just tell me a little bit about that and where you're getting your news and what it's all about. Uh, I've been doing this a long time, five days a week,
0: weird news.
1: And, uh, and I've,
0: I've missed very few days in the, during that time span. Uh, I do three weird news stories a day, Monday through Friday on Friday. I only do weird news out of Florida, Florida only yeah. called Florida Friday, which is the most popular episode. It gets twice as many downloads as any of the others. Cause I think people are quite obsessed with Florida man yeah. <laughs> and, and all the degenerate behavior that comes out of the state of Florida. Uh, I think, I think people are all around the world are fascinated with Florida really. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course shows like the tiger King help, you know, oh, yeah. that fire. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's just a, a very crazy place. Uh, I, you know, I, I find, of course, I find my stories online where where we find all of our weird news or any news, and I get a lot of articles emailed to me from from uh, listeners of the show uh-huh. as well. I get too many, really. It's hard to pick just three a day. Mm-hmm. There's a lot that I have to toss in the bin, unfortunately. Um, but what I like to do is take those sh- one cover th- those stories that I didn't do and 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 do a bonus episode of them, and then I offer it on my Patreon. So okay. uh, I do have a Patreon for the show. And if you don't have one for yours, you should consider it. You can do. do things like that. Yeah, yeah. You got one. Yeah. You have one. Uh-huh. Yeah. So like, you're probably like me. You're you're trying to find ways of how can I offer my patrons some extra content? Mm-hmm. So for me, I'll, I'll just take those stories that i never did. And I'll, I'll I'll make a bonus episode that's like an hour long mm. uh, and I'll offer that once a month. Sometimes I'll even get a comedian on uh, to come over my apartment and we'll do the shows together. We'll do the stories together, which I don't do on my actual podcast. My podcast is solo. It's yeah. always been solo. Yeah. And it's 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 great. It's been great for the pandemic. A lot of people have written to me. Uh, and even called into the show to let me know that it's helped get them through the pandemic.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, it's a nice alternative to mainstream news, which can be just really depressing um, as you know, and as your listeners can, uh, you know, can probably say is agree as well. Uh, mainstream news, especially lately. is just, it's been, it's been rough. So <laughs> weird news is uh it, 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 it's a nice break from that. It's funny. The stories are usually funny and you, and I try to add some humor to them as well to amp up the comedy. Yeah. and, you learn something too you learn a lot about the world it's uh there's yeah. a lot I'm yeah. a curious person too so uh I try to choose stories that I that are uh they are a blend of, of funny but also fascinating If mm. if if I can you know
1: yeah I really enjoy your commentary do you actually like write stuff down for your commentary or do you just read the news story and then it just comes to you
0: so i improv the whole thing i improv wow. everything um and i think it comes out okay i think it comes out i think if i was to sit down and write everything out i think i could add more jokes uh, but i just don't have time to do it Um if i was doing this once a week sure no problem uh, write out some jokes but i'm doing it every day and I just don't have time to sit down and do it. I just have enough time to do the recording of it, read the article, give my take on it, and then edit it and get it out, yeah. and then market it. All of that takes tons of time. Yeah. If yeah. I, I imagine at some point if I had a team to do all the other shit, I could take the time to write out all the episodes. But I, I don't. I'm not making that kind of money. I can't hire a team right now. It's yeah. just me. So I'm doing the improv thing. But I've found. That it's I kind of sort of lends a, a certain charm to the to the podcast because, uh, well I'm reading it and and the 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 audience is listening it listening to it and it's being revealed to them for the first time as as it's being revealed to me for the first time we're sort of discovering this weird story together mm. and my reaction is like really genuine like oh shit oh, th- listen to this this guy this guy listen to what happened after this he goes to his girlfriend's apartment he makes pancakes and then passes out like they it's like <laughs> i you know we're i'm like this isn't this is crazy crazy and they're getting <laughs> like this genuine reaction from me as i discover the story with them yeah um and and i think allowing myself all the mistakes that i make in there as well is kind of charming it, mm-hmm. it gives it a natural feeling uh and I, I do have a skill at improv a bit. I'm, I'm not, I'm not great at it. You mm-hmm. know, I have friends that are just, just tremendous improv comedians. I am above average. I'm, I would say I'm good. Mm-hmm. I'm good, but I think that's enough to make it funny enough. Right. Um, yeah, for sure. And so, uh, yeah, I do it. I try to improv it. I do have a pause button on my recorder. Okay. So that's helpful. So sometimes, sometimes I, uh, I can't seem to get it together. Like, where am I going to, where do I want to go with this? What, what should I say about (laughs) this? I will use that pause button while I gather some thoughts Uh and then I'll, and then I'll get in and do a stream of consciousness reaction to it. Um, I find the pause button is just a, a big time help. So in that way, I'm able to the episode isn't completely like just, uh, one take. Mm. I will, uh, you know, I, maybe one take isn't the way to describe it. The episode is, I should say I do at certain points, if I need to, I will pause and gather my thoughts. Mm. Uh, cause I want to put out the best product that I can, although it's improvised. Mm-hmm. Um, and it comes with, you know, I'll do impressions of the people that are quoted in the story. I'll do accents. I'll act yeah. out. Do act outs. Um, I'll sing. I mean, I'll do whatever I think is entertaining um, when I'm when I'm putting out these stories. Yeah. And, and so far, so good. I have a I have a modest size group of uh, loyal listeners that listen, you know, to my news every day like they would CNN or NPR. I, yeah. I think. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Well, I really enjoy it, and, like I said, the commentary is one of my favorite parts because it did seem to be natural and improv to me, so I wondered if if that was the case, or if you're just a really good writer and you do that five days a week,
0: <laughs> yeah, you know I'm a much better writer than I am improv, or if I was to write these things, I think we would see it on a whole new level of it, but then it, maybe it wouldn't come off natural. I don't know, I don't know, um, but I could tell you this um. The other benefit I get from improving it is like my, I feel as though doing this podcast for three years or so, I've I've been working that improv muscle every day, and I think that's I think it's something you can work at. It is yeah. a muscle, and I think it's made me sharper. Mm-hmm. And I think my improv skills have improved as a result of doing it all the time. You know, it's like anything else. It's an activity that if you the more you do it, the better you will get at it. And I find myself in conversations now. Oh, I'm a little quicker, just a little bit. Just so I've noticed it. I've noticed it. So I'm getting something out of it by doing this exercise every day.
1: You know, it's funny. I was always I was scared of improv, and uh, I do stand up too. And a, a good friend of mine's an improv guy, and who he's always trying to pull me into it. So out of the, I started something out of the pandemic called the B T B Internet Talk Show, which is an extension of the podcast, and. I play a part. I, uh, Dean, Dean Martin, he's been cryogenically frozen. He came back to life. He ran out of money because they thought him out and he's living with me. So I bring him out and I've learned that actually. Improving and people asking me questions and stuff like that actually helps me to perform comedy too because you're living more in the moment you're you're not worried about your set and and stuff like that so i really never admitted because i was scared i I really never admitted that improv is a cool thing but it really turns out it's pretty neat
0: well i think a lot of us stand-ups sort of have always looked at improv as a Not as not as as much of a craft as mm-hmm. stand up, you know. I think we we say, "Ah, oh, well, anybody with instincts and can just do that." Like, why don't you try stand up, where you have to really? It's much. It's just a lot more work, mm-hmm. right? and I think we can all agree it, it certainly is a, a lot more work. Uh, they're two different. They're t- completely different skills, though, and they're equally frightening. Some of us are more comfortable to having the control of stand up. I, I think I am. Um, although I am comfortable doing crowd work and improving on, while while in in my stand up as well, um, and some people some people they can't write. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. like they just can't they can't do the whole write, repeat, mm-hmm. take it back to the lab, edit it, try again. They just they just cannot cannot do that. And and the time it takes to develop a a bit, I think. Uh, It's it's work, man. It really is work. Whereas improv is you just get up there and boom and then you forget about it. You go home. You don't think about it again. Yeah. You know, Um, I guess it's your temperament. Like if you're the type of person that just you perform and you don't want to think about it after that improv could be totally your thing. But I am not that person. I I will. I think about my performance. I'm always thinking about my material. It's like a, a running dialogue in my head back and forth, always on the lookout for new jokes. Mm-hmm. Writing it down. I'm writing things down. Wake up in the middle of the night, write it down, record yeah. a voice note. Like I'm um, that's me. Yeah. Some people don't want they're not they're not there. They don't that's not their character. Mm-hmm. Um, they just want to hit and go. Yeah.
1: One thing I really enjoy about it is that it's not super long and a lot of the podcasts i listen to are hour hour and a half and i need those podcasts that i can uh put up when i'm driving and i can get to the beginning and end from the store and home you know so i'm 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 glad that i found yours because that's another one i can put in there
0: yeah um it's i try to keep it at about 15 minutes 20 the most yeah um and uh, it's certainly if you're just going to listen to the stories, it's it'll be about 15 minutes. Um, it might be a little bit longer if I'm publishing some phone calls at the end. I like to publish some listener phone calls. I don't do that every day, but mm-hmm. like today's episode, I've already edited. It's going to be a half an hour just because I have over, I got about 12 minutes of just phone calls over the weekend from fans mm-hmm. that I'm going to publish. Uh, but most, if you're just going to listen to the stories, very bite-sized, 15 minutes, 13 yep. minutes and 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 that's it and and that's good and you know i think people now are getting a little tested with these long hour plus long podcasts i think people are kind of getting a little like well we're a little tired of it yeah um the, the joe rogan three hour thing i mean yeah. we can't all do that that's a it's a big commitment <laughs> yeah you know yeah so uh and, and with the competition of podcasts now there's like over a million of them so oh,
1: yeah
0: i think it's helpful to to be mindful of people's time yeah and, uh, especially if you're doing a new show, let's just keep it, you know, yep. keep it, keep it brief. Yeah, no doubt.
1: So thinking about your, your stand up from the time you did that first one and it kind of put a, a bug into you to keep doing it. When did you feel like you, well, let, let, let's talk about, um, when's the first time you got paid? Oh, uh.
0: I did get paid in, in Boston before I moved out a few times, actually. Mm. Uh, I, I got paid to host an open mic. That was probably my first paid gig. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, the, in the basement of a restaurant in downtown Boston. Called, uh, the place was called The Vault. Mm-hmm. It was an old bank. It was a bank vault in the basement. And the, the bank vault was the, was the green room. Mm-hmm. The comics would sit inside the bank vault. That <laughs> was yeah. pretty cool. Uh, I think it's the restaurant was called Remingtons. It's it's now something else. I don't know if I don't know if it, if it even is a restaurant, but yeah, uh, hosting a Sunday night open mic for like twenty five bucks or whatever it uh-huh. is, and you got to do ten minutes up front and bring people up, and maybe they'll maybe the the booker would let you do another five somewhere in the middle, and uh, just being an open mic recently myself, that was kind of like a badge of of honor. Oh, yeah we moved up and, Oh, you got to host that open mic yeah. that I, it was one of my f- first shows was that open mic. Uh, uh, so that was, that was tremendous. That was when you sort of, you got to say to yourself, Oh, I'm starting to be somebody in this community. Right. Um, and, and then I, you know, I got some, some opening college gigs cause I was college age at the time and my mm. style, I mean, my early comedy was very, kind of boyish frat guy humor, you know, yeah. that was what I, that's all I knew in life really. So, um, I got some, I got to open for some other comics at colleges in the new England area. So I, I made a little money doing that as well. And I, I, I was trying to move up to get paid as a feature. That was what I, I thought that would be my ceiling. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll feature, but hard to feature cause everybody wants to feature. Yeah. So I mostly I did, I was a paid as a host yeah. mm-hmm which doesn't pay quite a bit, but it gives you a great experience. Um, I can't recommend hosting enough, especially for comics that are beginning um, because it teaches you quite a bit and, uh, you know, like, well, for one, crowd work usually is something you got to kind of learn if you're going to host. And it forces you to learn all the comedians names and, uh, yeah, not that forces you be like, it's an opportunity. I look at it. Okay. It's an opportunity to learn all the comedians names, learn their TV credits, speak to them. Cause yeah. you're going to meet them at the shows. You're going to talk to them. How would you like me to bring you up? Mm-hmm. What TV credits you want me to mention? What would you like me to say? And it can, it can allow, it's an opportunity to ingratiate yourself to comics who are above you. And if they like you, you can get work through them. Mm-hmm. So uh, hosting was, was a tremendous help. And I always recommend, newer comics host but i think a lot of comics think it's below them to do such a thing but i think it's important mm-hmm.
1: yeah so yeah. i feel um i i've watched i did a little homework and i listened to a couple of your podcast uh interviews i really listened re-listened to the one with uh matt and watched a couple of your stand-up sets and stuff like that um so i get a vibe from you that you have enough self-confidence to say what you want without being an asshole. Is that, does that seem to be be pretty on, on point? Uh, yeah, I suppose. Although the things
0: that I want to say have shifted, um, uh, you know, there's a, there's this social pressure to not talk about certain things. So I usually don't really go there. Uh, But if I feel strongly about something, I'll, I'll say it. Mm -hmm. I feel confident enough to say it. I've, I've been doing some, well, this year's been a wash, but prior to this year, I was getting to the point where I was doing some pretty risky stuff. Um, I was really kind of pushing the envelope and, uh, I felt confident doing it, even though it doesn't always, it didn't always work. I was work trying to get there where I could talk about some pretty edgy shit, Mm -hmm. uh, some dark stuff. Uh, some stuff that isn't uh, culturally sh- sanctioned for a, a straight white man to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was I was dabbling in that a bit, a bit, um, but and I felt confident, and I can make it funny, and I, and I was I was moving in that direction. I, I can make it funny. And,
1: so uh, did you make that change because you were bored with the stuff that you were doing, or you felt 100%. like you were Yeah.
0: 100%. Uh-huh. I mean, you know, I think if you're, if you grow, when, when you're growing as an artist, as a stand up, you can go, you'll go through stages. It, this is just my opinion. But so the first stage is to just say, to just to get, get up there, get on the mic, survive it, mm-hmm. and get off. If you can remember what you said, big yeah. <laughs> that's your first five times, uh-huh. right? Maybe ten times you just get through you don 't even know what 's happening to yourself it 's like going it 's like going a couple rounds with a very skilled boxer who 's way out of your league, like you just want to get through a round or two mm. and you 're not going to really remember what the hell happened because you 've just been punched here and there. you know those are your first few times then it 's get a couple laughs, get some laughs, get up there, get some laughs, get off. Get And you don't even care how you get the laughs, right? You right. don't even, you'll say anything, get some laughs. You'll say things that aren't true. You'll say things, you, you might even recycle an idea you've heard before. So you, you might not even be completely original. You may lie. You may be completely unoriginal. You may, you may embarrass yourself by doing some, some lame ass impressions. You'll do anything to get a laugh. Uh, that's the next stage.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then. Then after that, what well, you get, you know, then you want to crush. So you get to the point where you're crushing with this stuff. Yeah. You'll say anything. doesn't have to be true. You may recycle some idea. It doesn't have to be completely original. Just crush. And then after a while, you, I think if you want to grow, you start to say you get a little discerning with your material. You want to kind of challenge yourself. You want to get more, uh, in my case, this isn't for everybody, but you want to get more truthful. Mm-hmm. You want to get more, you want to share more of yourself. Uh, why, why be more truthful? Why share more of yourself? Well, because I think you get to the point where you say, how can I be more original? Because mm-hmm. I've been crushing, but I'm talking about fast food restaurants, or I'm talking about, not that you can't get original with a fast food joke, but dating apps, or, mm-hmm. you know, let's talk about sex and, you know, maybe you're crushing and it's not so original uh, so, getting truthful and getting bio- autobiographical, sharing some some of your deepest secrets, your deepest points of view, stuff that you're you're ass- you might even be embarrassed to share. Mm-hmm. That's when you can really you have to m- go to those places to get very original, in my opinion.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and and so, in order to do that, you really got to get truthful. And you got to be daring to share more. Uh, only then, I think, this is just my opinion, only then will you become that comic that they remembered that night because mm-hmm. you did that bit about the first time you tried meth. You know, mm-hmm. I do a joke about doing meth. And, you know, I don't hear people talking about that. You certainly don't look at me and expect me to talk about that. Mm-hmm. I don't look like someone that would try meth. Well, I did and here's the story and it's fucking hilarious and and when i'm on a when i'm on a set and then you see me after you like that's the guy that told the meth bit mm-hmm. you know now in order to get to that place you really got to get truthful and you really got to share otherwise you're just another comic that got some laughs they don't even remember what the hell you said it made no impact yeah but if you got up there and you talked about your you know the time you tried meth or whatever or the time you you you, you slept with a with, with someone that you thought was one gender and ended up being another or like whatever it is, like some unique experience, something that stands out. Uh, that's when you become memorable. That's the other stage of of the artistry, I think. Mm. And, uh, and And that's that takes a lot of work and it's hard. That's when it gets hard, because what you end up doing, which is what I ended up doing, was saying fuck all that easy stuff that I used to do to get laughs, like I can get these laughs, it's very easy, I can tell those jokes that I told eight years ago and get an easy laugh. Mm -hmm. Like, that's not challenging to me anymore, it's not fun. I I wanna wanna be more, I wanna share more, I wanna be more unique, I wanna be more original, I wanna be more memorable. Mm -hmm. I wanna touch people more deeply. Mm -hmm. I want the laugh to come from the bones, from the real core inside. Uh, instead of just laughing at it like it's just another meme, mm-hmm. you know, we can all sit around and get, make those memes, those jokes, you know, these aren't, we can find them on the internet, you know, and I don't want to do jokes that you can just find on the internet. I want it to be something special that you can only get from me. And so some of the things that I've been sharing are like my u- unique experiences in the world. And, and it's, uh, it's fulfilling to me to get, to get those sorts of bits to work, to get laughs at it. Cause it's hard to get laughs at that. It's hard. Some of this stuff is not easy to to, to hear. It's some of my pain that I'm mm-hmm. sharing.
1: Well, know? it's almost like starting over, isn't it?
0: It is in a way starting over. Although at least you have the comfortability, right? Because you've bombed so many times and you've been in so many situations, you can you're more comfortable trying new bits out. Mm-hmm. You know uh, that because you have to be able to sustain a bombing to get this new risky material to work. Uh, and and how do you sustain a bombing? Well, you're either a sociopath, you don't care at mm-hmm. all, or you've bombed many times in many different situations, so you know how to handle it, you know how to get yourself out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, using trickery or going to crowd work or even if sometimes I have to reach back and do those older bits to get them back, mm-hmm. just to let them know, okay, you want a regular joke? Here's a regular joke. I can just tell a regular joke about tits. Here you go. Funny. All right. Now, can I get back into the talking about my biological father? All right. So, uh, uh, a little bit of that. Uh, so that um, ma- prior, I hope I answered your question. There. Yeah, you
1: did. Uh, prior. It, there's a lot of stories about prior doing that at the uh, comedy store that yeah. he would go on and he would just he he would suck. He would do an hour of complete suck, and then yeah. he would come back the next week, and it would suck a little bit less, a little bit less, and then all of a sudden it's a special. And because he thought, I mean, he did all his stuff pretty much on stage. Uh, he didn't write as much, and it was very improvisational for him. So that it, it really, it's it's hard to do because you are used to doing a show, getting a lot of laughs, and people saying, Hey, that Jonesy's pretty cool. And now you're switching to, Hey, I did math. Uh, and uh, it's, yep. it's really a heartbreaking story, but look, I made it funny maybe. And then you, yeah, it, it's, it's hard because you your audience, first of all, if you have fans, they are thinking one Jonesy and you're turning into a different Jonesy.
0: Well, yeah, it's like, you know, it's like when Marvin Gaye went from all that, you're all I need to get by like, and then he went into, you know, inner city blues, uh-huh. you know, uh, you know, trigger happy, singing about trigger, happy policing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And the natural facts is I can't pay my taxes. You know, mm-hmm. he went from singing about love, doing those duets to singing about, you know, now you got mother, mother. There's too many of us dying, mm-hmm. you know, uh, that was amazing, you know, and 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 if you know the story about his career, you know, you know that Motown and the guy who was in charge of Motown, I forget his name, but he was pissed that Marvin Gaye made this change. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's like, Marvin, just sing about the love, sing about love. We're making money. But Marvin was like, there's a there's a war going on right now, man. Yeah. There's a Vietnam War. There's civil rights going on. MLK was just killed, bro. Mm-hmm. I'm not singing about fucking walking through the garden with <laughs> my baby girl. All right. <laughs> I'm not, I can't live with myself if I do that. Yeah. And, and of course, you have a, your audience is going to be a little confused, correct?
1: Yeah. You know, and, and he was one of the few Motown artists to do that. Uh, yes, absolutely. Luckily, he, his,
0: you know, the, those songs, you know, are the later songs are still beautiful,
1: mm.
0: you know, like those songs are still beautiful. And so you can listen to them and, and, you know, they're not like, they don't make you angry. Really. Mm. They, You know, they're doing something else. I mean, yeah, I guess if you pull out the lyrics and read them and, uh, but they're just, they're beautiful. It's beautiful music still. And, mm. and I think he can get it. He could get away with that. Cause he was so gifted. Um, but it it was a conscious decision by him, and of course you got to forego the big paycheck to make this transition.
1: Yeah,
0: but it's like, what do you, what motivates you as an artist? If it's money, I mean, you're in it for the wrong reason, right? You, you know, and and you know this as a podcaster. If you're in it for the money, you're not you you know you're in it for the wrong reasons. Yeah. It's so hard to make money with the podcast. It's actually so hard to make money as a standup. up. Yeah. and I, I think if you were to talk to a musician. The competition there is crazy. It's so hard to make money as a musician. So, you know, what do you do at that point? Well, you do, you create the things that you want to see in the world. Mm. That's what's really fulfilling as an artist. To create, to come out of nothing, put the thing in the world that you want to see. If it's cool, whether it's cool, whether it's sad, whether it's beautiful or funny, whatever it is. You make that thing in the world. You put it out there that you want to see. That should be your motivation. The money should come. The money's afterward. And I mean, you know this and you notice the people that do it for the money, they're not making the things that they want to see in the world. They're making the things that they think other people want to see in the Mm. world. And you see, there's a level of quality there. It's, it's degenerative. It's not great stuff. The songs that you hear on the radio sound like they were written by an eighth grader on their lunch break. (laughs) You know, there's no time spent in this. Yeah. Um, And, and it's the same with comedy. The, you know, the, there's mainstream comedy that just barely scratches the surface. I mean, this shit sounds like it was, you know, like anybody could have come up with it. Yeah. And then there's the stuff that goes deep, man. Mm. It's like, if you listen to Bill Burr, like that shit takes time. That's there's someone who's my, there's someone who doesn't do it for the money. They do it for the ideas that they want to share the mm. point of view. They want to get across the argument that they want to convince is true it is is universal Mm. Uh, this is what drives people like bill burr i assume just by watching their act because it cuts much deeper than your just surface jokes oh i'm a fat dude and Mm. you know oh watch me at the buffet you know And, and i'm not to denigrate like overweight comics but i mean you get there's a lot of that going on where you're just someone's just only working with the exterior, just not really going deep. Mm-hmm. You know?
1: I feel like, uh, maybe you, um, uh must have, uh, grown up and got some empathy. And that's, uh, that's why you, d- uh, decided to change your artistry a little bit. Uh, it, 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 just looks like it. And it's, it's funny. People do it at different stages of their life. I didn't do it until I was in my late forties. And, uh, it's, it's a real awakening when you do that and you, you just want to change everything and, and you have to do it slowly, but I, does that, does that sound about right for you? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess it's a... I
0: guess it, I, I was tired of feeling like a phony. Yeah. I think that's a, a big reason. Mm-hmm. I was tired of feeling like a phony, even though I got laughs mm-hmm. um, on the way up. I wasn't great, but I, got, I I knew how to get laughs. I figured it out. I felt like a phony. I wasn't being truthful.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I would say anything to get a laugh, even if it was like, hey, I like to... I don't know. Hey, I like to sleep with overweight women. Here's why I, mm-hmm. I just did. I would say anything that's, you know, things that aren't true mm-hmm. just to get laughs and you feel like a phony. Not only that, I wasn't sharing who I truly was. Yeah. And that made me feel like a phony as well. Mm-hmm. And how many times can you get on and off stage feeling like a, an imposter?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and, and eventually you get tired of that feeling. Yeah and you get tired of that feeling. And if you can get the confidence at the same time to be daring, be more daring to share more of yourself and more of your truth. Uh, if those things can happen, then I think you can, you could kind of at least attempt to take it to the next level. Mm-hmm. You also have to be cool with like losing out on some paid gigs, man. Like yeah. I turned down stuff. I know I used to take anything. I used to take anything. Mm-hmm. Now I, I just, I'm like, I'm not going to do that. Like I can't, I struggle at casino gigs. I can't headline a casino gig. Mm. I can get by middling featuring because I can do 25 and get through with, with, with the stuff that I have, but I can't headline a casino gig. Mm. And I'm not even going to try to do it. I've been offered. I won't, I won't try because my materials, it's not a vacation a lot of time. It's not yeah. a vacation. It's not an escape from reality. I'm going deeper into reality. Mm-hmm. I'm going deeper and darker into my reality. Um, you know, I, I do a bit where I, I I I basically say amber alerts are stupid. So, you know, what? Yeah, amber alerts, they're stupid. Here's why. I do a bit about why it's okay to sleep with a woman with a penis. You know, I talk about doing meth. Uh, you, you know, these, these things are These subjects and stuff. This is not. This is not certain crowds. I just, I guess, is what I'm saying. Certain crowds. I just won't even do it. I'm not. Mm -hmm. I know. I I know. It's a struggle. It's a struggle. They're just going to be like. They're like. Why isn't he talking about a fraternity and and drinking and sleeping with women? Like this is what he looks like. He does. Why is he talking (laughs) about this (laughs) other shit? You know, Uh, I I look younger than I am too. That's can throw them, but. I'm, I, I used to talk about those things, man. I don't, you know, I used to talk about, oh, I live in a college apartment and you can't sit on the couch. Or you'll get pregnant like this kind of stupid shit. And and I just don't I don't the online dating. I mean, we've all, you know, mm-hmm. just tons of online dating bits. And I, and that's what those crowds want to hear, man. That's what they want to hear. They don't want to hear anything political they don't want to yep you know they just don't want to hear that shit and or dark humor
1: yeah well you're fortunate in the fact that you were able to put a joke together tell it understand when to breathe and and be able you know just the mechanics and now you can move on and you listen to George Carlin's albums from first to last. And, you know, he definitely did the same thing. And
0: yeah, he, he totally did.
1: Yeah. So it's, it, you know, it's, it's commendable that you're doing that. Um, so thinking about what you're doing, what you're doing now and working on now versus what you did before, um, did you get any advice from other comics that helped you along the way? Yeah. <sighs> The only, you know,
0: I, the the advice that I got that I remembered was from Ted Alexandro, who's a friend of mine and a tremendous comedian in New York City and if he's Jim Gaffigan's opener among other things. Oh yeah. Um his Instagram channel is just filled with brilliant clips of him at the Comedy Cellar if, if anyone wants to check him out. Ted Alexandro is one of my heroes for sure. You know, we had we used to have long conversations about this. He would help me. He, he mentored me a little bit. And at the time I was a high energy comic. I was like bah, bah, yeah, bah. Mm. high energy. I was like a, you know, it's like Kevin Hart or Chris Rock, like this kind of high over the top energy, which is not how I speak mm. as you see.
1: Yeah.
0: Although, I mean, if I get angry I'll. and I'm really, you know, if we get into it, you know, if you want to, you know, you want to put down Dunkin Donuts, like where it's fucking on. Yeah. I <laughs> got you know. That's, that's a Bostonian, that's the Boston church, the <laughs> church of Duncan's. Yeah. Right? So, uh, like I can not get excitable and, 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 like that, but I was doing, it was phony. It was fake energy. It was just like what I thought people wanted. Like my, my material was okay. But if I came out high energy, it, it always got a better response. Hmm. I almost wrestled the the applause break out of a crowd. You know, like like you'll see like you know urban comics people will say uh, uh will you know will will do this often, you know, it's just like it's just very loud and in your face. And some of the mater- sometimes the material is like it's average but they're just really high energy with the delivery and they're just pushing they're pu- they're popping out these applause breaks and these big responses because of the energy they're putting out well, that's not me. And I was just doing that and it was working and I was making money. Um, you can headline if you're doing that because come and come and top my energy was, which is what was happening. Yeah. Come and be more energetic than me because you won't, uh-huh. you won't. And I'll just get an applause break from my energy alone. Uh, and I'm loud, I'm loud on the mic and I'm beatboxing and I'm singing and I'm doing all this shit. It's like a, it's like a thing to see, uh-huh. you know, uh, And Ted was just brought it to my attention that, you know, that's great, man. But what if you're doing four shows a night? How are you going to keep up that energy? You're going to do an hour, then another hour, then another hour. You could try. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: But also, I don't think you talk like that. So (laughs) maybe... You know, maybe be more conversational. Maybe try it. Maybe experiment. Say the same things you're saying, but try and conversational. Be conversational. And by the way, you'll be more believable on stage. Mm -hmm. And let's and you can see where that might take you. And and that was a real turning point for me. So I thought, oh, and I went from this high energy guy to then being much more conversational, quieter on stage. Mm -hmm. I let things sit. I I allow things to breathe. I go, there'll be long moments of Silence when I'm doing my stuff now. Mm-hmm. I would never, I was too afraid to let a moment of silence go. I would fill everything. I would just fill it with my energy. Fill it, fill it, fill it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now I let things sit. I let them breathe. I'm more co- comfortable. I appear more comfortable on stage. I make the crowd feel at ease, like they're in my kitchen and I'm making them some waffles or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I, I, you know, Ted Alexandro really brought that to my attention and if you watch his act i mean just watch him he's just there's this who is that more soft-spoken he's so yeah quiet yeah and slow and very stationary yeah yeah extremely he's you know he is the epitome of that and and watching him so much i kind of got it oh okay uh and ted has been was he was Louis C.K.'s opener, Gaffigan's opener. I mean, this is this guy is this guy's tremendous. Mm -hmm.
1: So with the way the world is now and comics and stuff like that, what advice would you give to somebody that's say in their second year of comedy?
0: Uh, I would say uh, start your own show somewhere because you can you can get a lot of benefits out of that. Um, it gives you some, it'll give you more stage time if you have your own show. Uh, I mean, I'm not, a, I'm not talking about a one person show. I'm talking about mm-hmm. book your own stand up comedy yep. show. Uh, you find a venue. Uh, you can get a portable speaker that has a built in amp. And so all you need is that piece and a microphone and a cable and Mm. you're off to the races and you can put that in your car and you can bring it anywhere. And they make them small too, that are very, very light. I Mm. mean, there's a range of these things. It's really all you need. Uh, And then it'll allow you to get more stage time. So you can develop as a comic. You can, you can experiment where, where do I want to go in the show? Maybe I'll host this one. Maybe I'll have another person host and I'll go up number one, which is the hardest part. Mm. Right. Uh, You know, so you can, you can sort of experiment where you are in the lineup. Hmm. You create you can create your own environment to see to see how you handle it. That's great experience. You also can make a little money. You can also ingratiate yourself to other comedians by giving them stage time. Yeah. And that can lead to many things because, you know, f- f- favors are a thing in our industry, of course. <laughs> yeah. You no, know, it's like, "Hey, I I let you do a spot on my show." I noticed you have a show. If you ever had a spot available on your show, I would love to do it. Mm. I would love to do it. So then you get more stage time on other people's shows. You can if you have a budget for your show, you can book a real headliner of some sort. And now you're making friends with headliners. Mm. And they're going to they're going to meet you. You're going to you're going to be have correspondence with them. You may even get their cell phone numbers and you're texting them because you're booking them. You can become their friend. They can see your act. You can you can strategically place yourself right in front of them on the show so that they definitely see your act if mm. you're confident, and they might decide to use you. Um, so all of that, the connections that you make, the stage time you can give yourself, the money that you can make, you also teaches you how to be a business person because you got to deal with a venue, mm. you got to book people. It it teaches you skills, um, important skills. You got to maybe you you. You even, if you're going to do it all, it teaches you how to do graphic arts. You have to create flyers for yeah. these things. You might have to put them up to places. Yeah. It teaches you how to market. You're going to have to get the word out that you're having a show. Um, it teaches you about advertising. I mean, you can learn so many skills by just producing your own show. I think that's one of the best things that I ever did was produce some shows. Hmm. Uh, and, and I think that's super, super helpful for a young comic to consider.
1: I have to agree. I did I did the same thing, and it was uh... – Very eye-opening, first of all, the business part and also the uh, ability to work on material and yet... um, pull in a decent audience is it, it it's hard um because because if they see you suck uh, one time then you got to do enough stuff that doesn't suck and isn't new uh in order to keep them coming back so yeah that,
0: yeah i mean for yourself i mean sometimes i'd be on i would uh, i wouldn't even book myself on a show i would skip a show because if the crowd had already seen me the previous week I'd yeah like, oh, maybe i'll skip this one yeah um, but you're in control. You're the booker. So you can you can do that. And you are still getting something out of it, you know, mm. because you're giving stage time to other comics. You might be booking a headliner and paying them a little bit of money, too. And they, they love that. Mm. They love that. And they may throw a bone to you sometime. Yep. You never know. It's yep. great. It's a tr- it's tremendous. It's a tremendous thing. I think it's good advice. Yeah.
1: Great. Well, I tell you what, it was great talking to you, Jonesy. I know you've got a commitment coming up here and you got to get out, but uh, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk. Um, Obviously my podcast is a success when my guest talks more than I do and we did it. And, (laughs) (laughs) and that's all (laughs) I want to do.
0: You're you're an award-winning host. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: All I get's a uh, JPEG of my, my win, but that's cool.
0: (laughs) I mean, you can always print it out and put it on the wall yeah
1: <laughs> Get, make my own trophy wall. or whatever <laughs> yeah yeah uh, it's just nice seeing dax shepherd is a little tiny thing in the in the corner there that's I mean, what i'm I like. very
0: impressed because that guy's podcast is popular yeah so you, i mean that's kudos to you man yeah for sure.
1: it was all lobbying but that's cool um so uh if people want to find you on the internet where do they find you
0: Oh, if they just want to find me, um, on Instagram at funny Jones, F-U-N-N-Y-J-O-N-E-S. Funny Jones, one word. It's like funny bones, but with a J. Uh, I have a website, jonesy.com as well. Um, and the podcast is, you could just look for Weird AF News on any podcast listener, or I have a website for that as well, weirdafnews.com, and you can find the podcast there. Um, and I don't have any shows. Normally, I would update... <laughs> people with my shows and stuff but for the foreseeable future I have a private show coming up later this month but you know other than that I don't really have any shows yeah. that I can that I can advertise so just the podcast is really all I'm doing but people really like it um, it's not for everybody, but uh, you know, I would say give it a chance. It's only like 15 minutes of your time, yeah. and uh, see if you dig it.
1: Yeah, I really enjoyed it, and uh, I will be talking about it to all my friends. Uh, oh, Scott, the, that's,
0: I'm so grateful for that, man. That's yeah. really nice of you. I appreciate that.
1: The word-of-mouth stuff's
0: important. It's the best way to spread podcasts, in my opinion, is word-of-mouth, man. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, thanks so much for being on the show. Anytime, my man.
0: Bye-bye.